Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, all new pre owned inventory. Great service department, great sales staff. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Going to get more into the NFL a little bit today. We'll still, of course, touch on Penn State. James Franklin with the weekly press conference. A couple interesting notes from there that we'll play back. But we'll hear from KYW's Matt Leon today on the Eagles and also a little bit on the Phillies and Definitely some things on the Sixers with Ben Simmons. I'm sure we'll get into a little bit later on with him as well. And then Neil Kulong back with us as well for his take on the Steelers' loss to the Raiders. Interesting notes for the Steelers today. Taco Charlton signed to the practice squad, but now Ben Roethlisberger is now on the injury list today with a pec injury. Mike Tomlin apparently said today during his weekly press conference he, he doesn't even know. Ben may not even know when he got hurt at what point in the game. So that's kind of strange, and that's not what you want to see for the Steelers. But I guess since it just came out now, I am would think maybe it's minor. But always a concern for the Steelers when number seven finds himself on the injury list. So perhaps we'll get some details from that today with Neil. But... So we'll hear from him on on that. And like I said yesterday about the Eagles, frustrated but not outraged. I still think you saw some good things. Obviously, the def- I think you might have something in the defense considering they've given up only 23 points in two games. And that was a, obviously a better 49ers team they faced instead of the Falcons. Offensively, though, some setbacks I expected. But despite the underthrowing issues with Jalen Hurts, I think the Eagles could potentially have something in a franchise quarterback with Jalen Hurts. Because despite some of those issues with underthrowing guys, and that needs to that's definitely a concern needs to be addressed, no doubt about that. But he still single-handedly kept the Eagles' offense and the Eagles in the game. There were many times he had to do with his legs, of course, but 
he was able to single-handedly keep the Eagles in the game. And my biggest thing with him is no turnovers through two games. And this is for the team in, in general, but especially with Jalen Hurts. There are no turnovers in two games for the Eagles, but they also don't have any takeaways in the first two games. And I think Ruben Frank from NBC Sports Philly had this stat yesterday. The Eagles are the third team in NFL history to start their first two games without a takeaway or a turnover. So there you go. So I think there's something there. As far as this Cowboys game, early in the week, but I don't feel great about it. I think they, it's a winnable game, but after I, I still need to see more with the offense. There's still question marks with the offense. As far as can they finish drives, they're still struggling on third down, too, in the first two games. And if you're going to beat your division opponents, you got to be able to execute in situational football. Third down, red zone those types of things and red zone obviously was a problem in the game against the 49ers on Sunday afternoon now with the Steelers like I said I think Ben's going to be fine but of course there's many problems on the offense right now that were pretty much expected and it seems like the offensive line though will not lose Trey Turner after the spitting incident on Sunday. It seems like, this was according to Tom Pelissero from NFL Network, it seems like the, he's only going to get a fine and likely not a suspension. And I'll be curious how big that fine is. So, but all eyes are on the offense. And now, the now, uh, what are they calling it? The the groin club <laughs> of the injuries for the Steelers and obviously J.J. Watt was on that list there was somebody else who joined that list today on the defensive side but name escapes me at the moment so you have to worry about those injuries for the Steelers But the defense, though, of course, not a great game last week against the Raiders, but the offense is clearly still more of the problems right now. So we'll get into that with, with Neil a little bit later on today. Alex Highsmith, that's right, was the one added to the groin club. So you got four total. Alex Highsmith, TJ Watt, Devin Bush, and Joe Hayden, of course, those two didn't play. Now, I did miss this. Tomlin did say this about Ben Roethlisberger, apparently. An injury, quote, that could affect him from, prepara from a preparation standpoint for the Bengals and says, quote, we better be ready. So, it's kind of vague right now on Ben Roethlisberger, but I would imagine he's probably going to find a way to play. But, guess he may not be 100%. We'll have to see. So, Steve will be joining us in a couple of minutes from the... Oh, no. Oh, there he is. 
It's going to kind of just let you ramble on for a while. I'm sure something that was, you know, you were just really upset about or something. What was what was today's uh, level of hate crimes for you? Uh, I was just going over Eagles and Steelers notes and my thoughts, repeating what I said yesterday. I'm not. I was frustrated, but not outraged with the Eagles' stance are. But the Steelers have some more interesting names, including one Big Ben on the injury report. That's kind of a little bit vague in terms of his availability this week. I don't play. I, I think he will too, but something to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean he's on the list, so you know. But uh, the the bottom line is the Steelers are a good team that will be in a series of fifty fifty games, uh, and there's going to be some of those fifty fifty games they won't survive, and that was one of them was sat was Sunday. Um, I thought the Raider game was a fifty fifty game, with the Raiders probably being a little bit better. Steeler fans uh, have a horrible habit that they've gotten into over the years of any time they lose a game, they feel like they played down to somebody. Um, you're not good enough to play down to anybody. Guess what? It, it was their first game at home with a full house in two years. They're coming off a win over Buffalo, a game they kind of stole. Um, you have a chance to be 2-0. You're not motivated? See, I'm not a big believer in that stuff. As you know, I don't believe in... I don't, I'm not a big believer at all in that stuff. Not a big believer in trap games. I'm not a big believer in, in you know, playing down to somebody. I'm, I'm not a big believer in any of that stuff. I never have been. To me, it's about matchups, execution, and whether you are ready. You know, what did you do, in this case the NFL, Wednesday through Friday to get ready? Because they usually get Monday, Tuesday off. I mean, what, what do you do? What do you do in college Sunday through Thursday into Friday? What do you do to make sure you're right? Did you take extra reps on the jugs machine? Did you go in and watch the extra set of tape that you watched like you did the previous game are you committed to making yourself better in the NFL the problem in the NFL as opposed to college or uh, or high school is there's an old adage in, in especially in college if you're a coach they'd rather play you a game too late than a game too early you know that fine line of your development in the NFL, that line does not exist. When you are drafted, you are expected to play. Najee Harris is expected to play. Okay. Devontae Smith, expected to play. And not only that, expected to play right away. Like, no break-in. You know I mean, it's the NFL. They need you to play now. No break-in, period. Patrick Fryermuth need to play. Kendrick Green... The problem with the Steelers is quite simple. I mean, they drafted a terrific college running back and are averaging exactly the same yard per carry through two games that they averaged last year. No difference. All those tackles he broke in the SEC, not in the three-letter league. No, 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 no. And that's not Vanderbilt tackling you anymore. 
And the problem for the Steelers going in was going to be that offensive line. Nothing has changed through two games. I mean, because really, the Steelers have played eight quarters of football. They have played six mediocre quarters of offense. Out of eight. The Eagles have played four mediocre quarters of offense out of eight. That would be all four quarters against San Francisco. But San Francisco's defense can do that too. San Francisco's defense is finally healthy now. It's a big difference. But the Eagles can't compete. With, yeah, the Eagles just flat out can't compete with a team that has San Francisco's talent. Can't. It's not good enough. The key for them is just get more wins than three other teams. I mean, the Eagles are not going to be, the Eagles are going to be in far fewer 50 50 games than the Steelers. Because the Steelers are a good team, the Eagles really are not. So they're going to have fewer 50 50 games. Who do the Eagles have this week? Oh, Monday night at Dallas, which I think oh. is. I know it's only week three, but this is gonna this game I think is gonna go a long way in determining the division. I really do because especially since they don't play until the last week of the season. Whoever wins this game Monday night will have that leg up throughout the rest of the year. Now the Eagles can make that up because a lot of their division games are in December, but you mentioned it. Dallas is kind of, even though they're probably a little more talented right now, they're going to be in the same boat. They're going to be a lot of 50-50 games. So if you can, if the, if you're the Eagles, if you can find a way to go go down there and beat Dallas, then I think not only does it give you confidence, but of course it gives you that that leg up in the standings because in case, in case you, I'm sure you'll trip up again down the road. I mean, Dallas is probably ten points better than Philadelphia is, especially especially at home. My early read on this game is I think the Eagles the Eagles defense will keep it a one possession game. No. Against Dallas's offense? They're capable I think the Eagles defense, even without Brandon Graham, so I think is capable of you, slowing down the Dallas offense. But you, can you the, face the Falcons and Jimmy Garoppolo and you think the defense is really that good? I think there's something, uh, and on the especially on with the defensive line, I think that's definitely there. And they've given Dallas problems before. Dallas's running game hasn't been that stellar. You have to lean on uh, on uh, Bernard Pollard now. Zeke Elliott's been a non-factor at all. Uh, I think what they've done with Tony Pollard actually is brilliant. I've I've liked him for a couple of years now. He gives them a jump. In their offense, I actually think what they're doing is they're finally utilizing Pollard the right way. Um, this isn't a quite oh they're relying on a guy like that. No, they actually he should be more integrated into the offense. I mean to go with Cooper and C.D. Lamb and some of the other guys. Pollard is an athlete in that offense that I think makes a difference. Um, but I think Dallas is probably a ten is probably ten points better than Philadelphia, especially down there. Just the way it is I'm not so sure I don't look at this if the game were in Philadelphia it's a 50-50 game it's not a 50-50 game there you're not good enough yeah it's 
the way it is. As well as Hurts played in the first game, he didn't play well in the second game. I mean, it's just the way he's going to be. He's going to have a couple of games where everybody's going to go, wow. And he's going to have a couple of games where you're going to go, whoa. Yeah. I mean, Dallas's defense is not that great. But the best of the four units on the field, the best unit on the field is the Dallas offense. All things you just don't want to hear. No, but you're right. And it's not, I mean, the games in Philadelphia, I think it's like, wow, okay. You know, I think it's absolutely a 50-50 game. I think the fact that it's not... Now, if, if the Eagles were to somehow win it, now you steal a game like that. Ooh, okay. That is... Um, you know, you steal a game like that? Wow. Okay. Now you start to think differently. I just... Going in, I don't see it. But obviously, Matt thinks the Eagles are Super Bowl contenders. <laughs> it's well, they're not there yet. But I mean, and the suit thinks that the Steelers play down to the Raiders. I mean, here's like a really odd theory I have: the Raiders are actually better. But you know, maybe maybe I'm just completely. I mean the one you know the guys that beat Baltimore, if that doesn't get your attention, <laughs> if you're a Steeler player, what does? Great win by the Eagles over the Falcons, though. How the Falcons do this weekend? Yeah, they got crushed as I thought they would. Says it all. Here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. All right, Sunbury Motors, Force Rated Sunbury, Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, best in new inventory, great pre owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Matt has already uh, booked his trip to Los Angeles for the Super Bowl. <laughs> I'm going to hold off on that for right now. The lack of confidence in your unit. I don't understand that. I'm confused. You're right there tied with Dallas and Washington. While I remain cautiously optimistic, uh, yeah, I'm not there yet. Cautiously optimistic for what? That they can win the division and be a playoff team. And And or be a playoff team. How about that? 
Okay, then. Uh, so, uh, the rides were obviously open at Fantasyland today, but that's okay. Um, all right. <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Who knows? You know, that division's so crazy. Seven wins won it last year. You never know. Uh, did you see the Charlie Brewer story? I did, yes. I ain't starting. I'm departing. He started the first three games for Utah, the former Baylor quarterback, who started 39 games at Baylor, by the way. But they're off to a 1-2 and two start in Cameron Rising, replaced Brewer quarterback and was named the starting quarterback, and Charlie Brewer announced he's transferring. You just transferred there. Out. I ain't starting. I'm departing. College football. Yikes. All right. Time to bring in Matt Leon. Mr. Leon, by the way, was just at Christie. Did you get a chance to say hi to him, by the way, Matt? I did not, unfortunately. There's still a little bit of restrictions at Bucknell for COVID reasons to keep everybody safe, so we were restricted from going up to the broadcast part of the press box. I was on the lower part, and they tried to keep us separated, so I did not get a chance, unfortunately. I wish, though. Yeah, but that that was just because they're trying to isolate the suit. <laughs> and that's that's actually for personal reasons. That's I mean, it has nothing to do with any illness. It has to just do, like, how can we figure out a way to isolate this dude? All right, so... <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! So let's bring in Matt Leon. Sir, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Good to be with you. Good to talk to you. All right. Um, for you, what was it like after almost almost two years to get back into the box and call a call a football game again? It was. I was surprised how uh, receptive my muscle memory was because leading up to the game, I was just surprised at how much I had to catch myself, like with equipment and preparation and things. You, like, oh, that's right, I have to do this. Or, oh, that's right, we need this for that. But once, like, everything was set up and started calling the game, it really was like riding a bike. You know, I mean, it helps when I've worked with my partner at Penn, Hench Murray, for several years. So it wasn't like yeah. you're trying to, you know, kind of jab and, and figure out when he's going to talk, when I'm going to talk, stuff like that. But, uh, no, it was fun to get back up there and uh, – and get back the, uh, with the headset on. I mean, I know uh, talking to Dave Cicchini, Bucknell's coach last week, he said the big mystery was is after two years, he says it's really hard for us to scout. So how much you know, advanced knowledge did you have about personnel and so forth for Penn and style of play for Penn? I had an idea. I mean, I knew who was going to be playing quarterback, and I had a general idea. But one thing, like most of the receivers and running backs are – kids that were there in 2019 and played well the receivers all played very big roles uh the running backs one was hurt one was up and coming uh so i kind of knew i had a pretty good idea of uh what you were going to see but the quarterback i knew who it was going to be in john quinnelly but i had no idea what to expect i mean i watched i went i did some uh I watched their spring practices but you know it's one thing in a seven on seven drill it's one thing you know in a practice scenario, it's another thing when you get out there and things are happening. And uh, boy, he was good. He was really yeah. good. Uh, took what the defense gave him. Uh, took some shots over the top. Got some big plays. 
Uh, so, uh, all things considered, you know, I think Penn had to be thrilled for their first game in almost two years to uh, come out of the uh, Christy Mathewson Memorial Stadium with a, a pretty impressive win. Uh, Dartmouth next, or or is it Lafayette? Lafayette, right? Lafayette, Lafayette. and then Dartmouth on a Friday night. So, uh, Lafayette's oh. going to be interesting. Uh, you know, I think Lafayette's 0-3, but uh, they gave New Hampshire, who's nationally ranked, all they can mm-hmm. handle this past Saturday. Yeah. So uh, they're always tough up in Easton. So it should be another good one. All right, there you go. All right, uh, let's get to the Eagles for a moment. Uh, all the euphoria about Jalen Hurts and all that offense. They had, I said, it's Atlanta. So they played San Francisco yesterday. They scored 11 points in the ball game. It's obviously a quality defense. What was your takeaway from what you saw Eagles-Niners moving forward? It was interesting because early in the game, the Eagles were the better team the first in the first half. And it's one of those games where you're watching it without paying attention to the score. You're just kind of watching down to down. You'd be like, wow, the Eagles are moving the ball. They're doing all this, you know, this, that. And then you look up and you go, wow, they have three points. Yeah. They should have... You know, they they had the long 91-yard pass play, and then they managed to find a way not to score points with some really bizarre red zone calls. Um, they have a field goal blocked. Uh, it was just one of those uncomfortable situations where as the first half's running down, you're like, man, they should... very rarely do you have games where, you know, a team – I don't want to say they didn't dominate, but the team – significantly has the upper hand and they don't cash in that that doesn't come back to bite you and then the Niners had the big touchdown drive at the end of the first half and really from that point on uh it was all Niners so you know uh, to your point about it being Atlanta I was watching the game week one and you're like wow this is really impressive I had the voice inside me saying I think Atlanta's going to be pretty bad but what was impressive was they handled their business like yeah. that was not yeah. right. Exactly. You know, they you... needed they needed three turnovers in the third quarter to turn the page, exactly. like turn the game around. They yeah. were the better team. So you come out of that going, all right, Atlanta probably going to be drafting pretty high. But I liked what I saw. Everything was under control. The thing you liked about that week one game was everything seemed to happen, and everything seemed to have a reason for why it was happening. Things were built on the other. Everything made sense. And then a lot of the. Eagle San Francisco game there was just a lot of head shaking and why why would you do that like why would you do this why wouldn't you just take the points here what are you trying to prove with this play call you know just a a lot of things you know and everybody forgets rookie head coach basically rookie quarterback you're going to have these moments it's frustrating I think it was frustrating because a game against a good team like the Niners was there for the taking but you're going to have games like this I think the key is you hope everybody looks at it they grow from it and uh, they're better going forward uh, as a result of some of the mistakes and problems they had in this one in fact uh, you talk about rookie coach versus veteran coach so what did Kyle Shanahan do after playing Detroit in week one they went and they stayed in the East and they practiced at the Greenbrier. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just now and they'd done that before. Whenever they come East, they practiced what in Youngstown, I believe, uh, a couple of years ago when they had to stay in the East. They practiced at Youngstown State. This time they went and practiced at Greenbrier. I mean, that that's just the veteran coach understanding. Hey, look, we're in the Eastern Time Zone. Let's just not fly back and forth and do that. And I think for them, it ended up paying off. No, absolutely, and I think, uh, you know, just to 
the the, the thing that's going to come out of this game, I think, longer term than a week two loss is the injury to Brandon Graham. That that's going to it sounds like he's going to be out for the year with an Achilles. And they also lost killer. Brandon Brooks on the offensive line. Now I think we're still waiting to find out how bad that is. Uh, so they really took a hit. And the Brandon Graham one, you know, you, you can't undersell how much he means to the team, no, not just from a defensive line standpoint, a scheme standpoint, but in the locker room. Uh, so that really – that one really hurts. I think that will be the yeah. that will be the echo you will hear throughout this season much more than any one play call or any any one uh, result coming out of this one. Yeah, no question. Um, any, it's only two games. Any feel for Nick Sirianni as a coach on your part yet? I think I think the thing you like. I think he's got the locker room. The players are buying into what he's doing. Yes. Um, I, I was incredibly impressed with the play calling week one not just because it was successful and ended up with you know 30 points on the board but like i said everything kind of made sense they they ran yeah. plays and and got it to guys in places where they could make plays put guys in positions to succeed um you didn't see that nearly as much yesterday now to your point atlanta's defense san francisco's defense no question which unit is better and that has you know the other guys practice too so that had a lot to do with uh, with that as well, but uh, I think overall, you know, there's still a lot of questions, a lot of football to be played. But I think he's trending in the right direction, and uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see where they go from here. Because I think, uh, for my money, right now, Dallas is the best team in the division. Then it's probably the Eagles, and then it's Washington and the Giants uh, a, a little bit below that. So. Uh, It'll be it'll yeah. be interesting to to watch this week to week because I don't. That being said, I don't think anybody's running away with anything uh, in this. Not division. in that division, no, not in that division at all. It just you know everything goes in cycles. This is not a good NFC East cycle. You know, mm-hmm. at some point the cycle will change and everybody will be really good. It's just one of those down cycles right now. Bryce Harper since the All Star break, when you watch him. What are we watching right now? I know the Phillies are still a game and a half back, and they're actually further back in the wild card. But what is he doing? Everything he can to get them to the postseason. I mean, it's really – he's kind of to the point. He's he's had a great season, but specifically the, the last month, he's in one of those runs where every time he comes up in a spot that is big, you expect him to come through. Like, it's not you're hoping he comes through. You're just – you expect he's going to do something – to, to move the needle in a positive way. Uh, you know, he's been great. I think he's probably one of, if not the front runner for MVP. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's done it all. He, he, he's knocked in big runs. He's hit the ball out of the ballpark. His defense has been good. Uh, you know, he's tried to put him on his back. And if they don't make the playoffs, which at this point I still don't I don't think they're going to make it. I mm-hmm. just I think the rest of the roster has too many issues. Yeah. But it is by no fault at all of uh, at all of uh, Bryce Harper. He's really been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, no question. Uh, ben Simmons is still a sixer. Do you expect that to continue? I have no idea. Like, I, really, <laughs> I, I, we could probably talk for an hour, and I would could convince myself of three different scenarios that I think are uh, are legit. You know, I think 
I, I think it's best for everyone at this point if he's moving on. But I can under the Sixers, you know, you're only going to get 25 cents on the dollar. Is that worth it for a young player who, you know, has the, the talent base that he has? Um, I think if you had to, if I had to give you an answer now, I think the most likely is he stays for now. Does he report or doesn't he report? I don't know, but he stays on the Sixers. And they just wait till something happens. There's an injury or a team gets off to a slow start and, you know, a team that thinks they're going to be pretty good and they need something to – and maybe you get some of that leverage back. But that is a a, a complete uh, reading of tea leaves that are all over the place because uh, – uh, it's kind of the most amazing thing is that we've gotten to this point in the first place. But uh, yeah, uh, I, you know what? I agree with that. Look, if I'm sitting in, it was a Colangelo making this call. Mm-hmm. If I'm sitting in his spot, this is what I do. Right, I go to Doc and I talk to Doc. I go to Joel Embiid and I talk to Joel Embiid, and I get a feel from the two of them. Hey, look. Okay, let me ask you: Are we a better team by making a deal? with somebody or are we a better team by keeping them and I'm talking like shut out all the other outside noise I don't need to hear what's going on in Twitter I don't need to hear what's going on in talk shows you need to make like in other words let's talk to two people that are experts on the topic the experts on the topic happen to be Doc Rivers and probably a guy like Joel Embiid because you want to keep that kind of player in the loop as to what you're doing after then I think you make a decision after that I mean, yeah, I, I, it'll be Daryl Morey. I thought you meant who drafted oh, Colangelo. Oh, yeah, no, Daryl Morey will make, yeah. Now, yeah, after, after um, Daryl Morey's done looking at his analytics book, he should talk to them. That's the note. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it's a tough spot, but I think, you know, I remember having conversations with people who would complain about Simmons not shooting early in his career, and I said, I agree with you, but right. everything else is exactly. so good. Yeah. And what makes you, you know, of course he's going to get better. Of course it's going to come along. He's too good a player. And well, let me give you, let me give you the one issue, though, about Simmons in the playoffs last year. That was the one time in a while where I thought his lack of being able to shoot and deciding not to shoot mm-hmm. affected his defense. I don't no, think he, I, I agree. It all came crashing down yeah, I mean, in that he, series he, against Atlanta. Is he stopped playing? He, for whatever reason, the quality defense, I think he let it all get, get to him and he didn't play defense. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I don't even know if it's a question that he can't shoot. I think it's more a question that he won't. I right. don't think he's yes. a terrible perimeter shooter. I agree Now, with this him. is based on the very small sample size we see in games and, you know, you see, we've ad nauseum heard of these videos and seen I... You know, I think it is all something that is from the neck up, and he won't shoot. I I think that's the that's what makes this so bizarre. This is what makes it yet another Philadelphia 76er storyline that would get thrown out of a script writing uh, scenario because you know it's now if a guy can't shoot, he can't shoot. Like they're just you know yeah. some guys that just can't. I don't think that's the case. I think it's he won't. And I think it's because he's he's almost psyched himself out in in a way, and it's bizarre. And I don't know, I don't know how you come back from this other than him just to start shooting. And it's become pretty apparent that he won't for whatever reason in games. And so, uh, I think we've hit critical mass. See, I think his defense is good enough where he can he can then get himself untracked offensively by steals and runouts because I think he's he's a terrific defensive player. Oh, he's phenomenal, and he's right. a phenomenal. 
four has phenomenal four sense passing the floor incredibly. I yep. uh, and I think he yeah I think he's at, he's an adequate shooter right now if he would just do it. If he would just add yeah. the minimal threat of that to his game, but he he won't for whatever reason and I don't know. It's bizarre. It's bizarre. It goes along with Markel Fultz not knowing how, forgetting how to shoot the basketball. It goes along with Brian Colangelo's wife's fake Twitter account. Like the Sixers have had things the last ten years that just defy, uh, defy the imagination. Like it, it's really been quite a ride, and the fact that they've managed to be pretty good through a lot of it is amazing in its own right. Yeah. All right. It's always a pleasure, my friend. So great to hear you back and so thrilled that you're back doing play-by-play. Uh, thank you. And I listened to a lot of your call of uh, the Auburn game coming back from Lewisburg. Very nice job. Oh, thank you. Very kind of you to say. Thank you, Matt. Take care. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Ben Simmons not only will not report for the start of the Sixers training camp next week, he intends to never play another game for the franchise. Ah, good to have Matt Leon on with some good, honest Eagles. Uh talk <laughs> no, I agree with them overall for the most part I'm just kidding you I'm just I'm just having fun with you I really I really don't care all right so <laughs> um by the way uh, Green Bay won last night uh, big night for Aaron Rodgers especially the second half but Aaron Jones had a big night Aaron Jones, whose father passed away from COVID complications earlier this year, wore a necklace that had his uh, some of his father's ashes in it. And on the second touchdown, he lost the necklace. The trainer for the Packers. The trainer for the Packers went out and searched that field until 2.45 this morning and found it. Wow. What what kind of person is that? An exceptional one for sure. And I, I didn't know that they actually found it, so I'm really glad to hear that. Wow. Yep. The trainer found it 245 this morning. Kept looking and looking. He would never run one of our staff meetings. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 